0: Active FM presents Food, food for, for, for Thought with, with Pastor talk. Kevin and Pastor Vicky Anstead. Radio, 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 be Let's just pray together, repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to speak to my life, let you administer it to my heart. May your word be revealed to me today in a way that I will understand it, so I can speak it, so i can do it and see it change my life i pray this in jesus name amen last week we actually concluded a series a wise man once said and we spoke in last sunday's sermon about one man's sacrifice to save us all and we spoke about jesus being the man who made the sacrifice to save us all and we looked at the fact that if one man's sin can cause the problem then one right man can solve it. In Romans 12, verse 12 and 13 says, Therefore, just just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, in this way death came to all people because all sinned. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin was not charged against any one account where there is no law. So the impact of sin was there. And the impact of sin was death. But people were ignorant of sin. People were ignorant of what it was that was causing them to die. But when the law came, no longer was there that excuse. And um, I quoted from a song by the Human League in the 1980s which said, I'm only human of flesh and blood I was made. Now I want you to think about that for a second. I'm only human, it said I was born to make mistakes. Now I want to tell you, you were not born to make mistakes that's not the reason why you were created when adam was created he was perfect until he disobeyed the lord and every single human being that comes has inherited this state from him every single one and every one of us has a problem but the solution that brought by jesus that was brought by jesus is greater than the problem in romans 5 verse 15 it says but the gift is not like the trespass for if many died by the trespass of one man how much more did God's grace and, the, and that gift come by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ? How much more did that overflow to many? I want you just to think about the overflow of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to think about what he will do in your life. I want you to think about what would happen if you really gave everything to him. I want you to think about what he's done for you in terms of every drop of his blood fell on the ground for you and for me now with adam and what he did we realize that through one act everyone was destined for hell but in the same way through one other act everyone was given life now romans 5 verse 18 and 19 says consequently just as the trespass resulted in condemnation for all people so who's condemned all people everyone there's no one who's not condemned and that's why there is no other way to heaven so, also, the righteous act resulted in the justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of one man many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of one man many will be made righteous. Another question I want to ask you is Have you been made righteous by what the Lord Jesus Christ did for you? Have you accepted him as your Lord and Savior? Have you made him the Lord of your life? Have you made the decision? To believe that he died on the cross for you. That he rose again from the grave. And that right now he's seated at the right hand of the Father interceding for you. Have you decided to believe that? Have you decided to make that same Jesus Lord? Have you decided to confess with your mouth that he is your Lord? I want to warn you that if you haven't, you need to look at that very strongly today. Because if you haven't done that, you're not right with God. And today we're we're, we're moving on to a new series. So we've been focusing on what the blood of Jesus does in terms of taking us from the place where we are condemned, into one where we are righteous, into one where we come and we face God, but we can face Him with confidence because of the blood of Jesus. So that's what we've looked at up until now. But what I want us to look at is, what about thereafter? Because... Jesus didn't die for us to continue to struggle in sin in the degradation to be chained up by demons to to be stuck in what we were doing before he died to set us free from that and I want you to think about that word freedom that that word is a word that gets bandied about all the time and many people use the word and they do not even know what it means And the Bible discusses what true freedom is. And so this is a series we're starting now because you can only begin to discover true, true freedom once you've given your heart to Jesus. And as you get to know Jesus, the more you know Jesus, the more you know what true freedom is. And so today I want us to talk about true freedom is total liberation. It is total and complete liberation. Liberation being a word that we know well in the nation of South Africa. We know well about the term, the liberation struggle. And the liberation struggle was born out of a system which I'm sure every one of us knows, the system called apartheid, which officially, this was the official story, started before that, but officially apartheid started in 1948. And when it started, repression was rife in South Africa, but it was rife in South Africa long before that date. And the freedom struggle was something that took place from the beginning of the 20th century up until South Africa's first truly democratic election in April 1994. I wanted to show you just this little documentary about apartheid and what it was, and it shows it to you in about 90 seconds, so have a look at this.
1: Apartheid in South Africa crumbled after Nelson Mandela walked to freedom, but black people suffered decades of government-backed injustice before it did. Apartheid really began in 1948, but separating black Africans from the white minority had long been a policy aim. Laws made white people officially superior, and the large black majority faced discrimination in every aspect of their lives. Living, doing business, or owning land in white areas was banned. There were separate public facilities, transport and schools interracial marriage was banned. Many had no right to citizenship and were regarded as aliens in major cities. Instead, they were made citizens of bantustans, homelands scattered throughout South Africa. But resistance grew. In 1960, a huge peaceful protest against past laws ended in a massacre at Sharpeville. 69 people were killed. The deaths galvanized opposition, radicalizing liberation movements like the ANC.
0: There are many people who feel that it is useless and futile for us to continue talking peace
1: and non-violence. Open conflict erupted in the 1980s with anti-apartheid activists frequently shot at, beaten or arrested. Mass protests were firmly put down. But little by little, the apartheid establishment crumbled. After gradual reform, Nelson Mandela, imprisoned since not long after Sharpeville, was set free in 1990. Four years later, he was elected as South Africa's first black president. Apartheid had ended.
0: Okay, so there you see uh, a brief history. I'm sure most of you are aware of that. Some of you are aware of that because maybe you lived it. But the liberation struggle is something that took place for many years. And in 1994, when the first elections took place, freedom was celebrated. But I want us to think for a second about what freedom is. W- what does that word mean? And... If you go and you look in the dictionary freedom is defined as this the condition of not being in prison or captivity so in other words you know sun city the prison or one of the other prisons freedom is not being in one of those it's also defined as as being free of restraints especially the ability to act without the control or interference of another or by circumstance so If you're able to act without being restrained, without being under the control or or, or without being interfered with by someone else or by circumstances. Uh, A third definition says it's the condition of not being controlled by another nation or political power, uh, also defined as political independence. But I want you to think about those words to be free from restraints. You know, the thing about sin and the thing about the world system is that it brings with it restraints you know the the strange thing for me is how many people that fought against the pass are now for vaccine passports now i want you to think about that's one type of restraint but there's another even bigger type of restraint And that type of restraint is one that happens inwardly it happens in your soul it happens at the level of your mind your will and your emotions and i want you to also realize that jesus came to give us freedom and when he came to give us freedom he came to give us real freedom now romans chapter 6 verse 1 to 14 says this knowing then that we are saved by what jesus did he now moves on to this question well then Should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our, own sin- that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ, so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin, for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know that we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead, and He will never die again. Death no longer has any power over Him. When He died, He died once to break the power of sin. But now that He lives, He lives for the glory of God. So you should also consider yourselves dead to the power of sin, and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master. For you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of Of God's grace you know some people say that because of the blood of Jesus it doesn't matter if I sin as long as my sin doesn't hurt anyone and the question that we need to look at is what do we do with the statement I'm free to be me even if me means to sin because that's what many people say Many people justify sin to say, well, that's me. It's who I am. I'm defined by this. Romans chapter 6 verse 1 says, well, then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? You know, even today, some people say the more you sin, the more you experience the grace of God. So you should just do whatever you want. You should just do whatever feels good. You should just go for it because the grace of God will always beat your sin. I want you to think about something though. When you give your life to Jesus, you are a new creation. I, I want to say that again. When you give your life to Jesus, you are a new creation. You are a brand new person. In that moment, your spirit is made perfect. Before you know Jesus, sin is not a choice. That you have because you're a slave any person that you know that does not know the lord jesus christ as their lord and savior do not get angry with them over their sin no matter how bad their sin may be because they're a slave to sin there's nothing that they can do about it they're actually even in a worse state than those people who who were living under the apartheid system that had to carry the dawn pass around until you're a new creation you're a slave and you do whatever sin tells you to do but here's the big news after you give your life to Jesus you have a new nature you have the new nature it is already yours and this nature does not have to sin you see there's a part of you that still wants to sin, it's your flesh and your mind and things like that and your mind has to be renewed. But, but understand this. You are a new creation. Therefore, now you do have a choice. Now you are able to say no. Now, also you need to understand that the love that God has for you is not determined by your performance. The love that God has for you is determined by what Jesus did on the cross. That is the expression of His love for you. But once you have received Him, You have a choice. You can choose to live under the power of death after you've accepted Jesus. You can choose that, but why would you choose to do so? I want to say something to you, and this is a mistake the world makes. The world makes the mistake to often define itself by sin. And I'm not talking about any particular type of sin right now. What I'm saying is, the world defines itself by sin. For instance, the world says it's okay to be rude by saying, No, I'm straight. I'll always tell the truth. No, you're rude. Telling the truth doesn't mean you need to be rude. You are not your sin. I want you to tell your neighbor right now, You are not your sin. To define yourself with sin is death let me repeat myself to define yourself with sin is death and please understand that sin comes with consequences people are not as forgiving as god is all right at the end of the day don't expect people to forgive you like god does they won't and the other problem is that the more you sin the less you love the lord And somewhere along the line the less you love the lord you could end up in a situation where you lose that faith where you lose the saving knowledge of the lord jesus christ but you know what the biggest challenge of all is this sin life is the weak life it's a life that is weak when i was saved i died in weakness but was raised to new life in power Romans 6 verse 2 to 4 says, in answer to the question, should we carry on sinning so that the grace of God may multiply? He says, of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ in baptism, we joined Him in His death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. In other words, Because we've been joined with Jesus by faith in death, and we've been raised to new life in the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. You have the opportunity to live a new life, you have the opportunity to to live free of all the old chains that have held you down. When you give your life to Jesus, you die to sin. In other words, you become a corpse. And something about corpses, I've never seen a corpse that sins. You know, people can sin up to the moment they die, but from the moment they die, they lose the ability to sin. And so when we die in Christ, and we die with Christ, and we are raised to new life, the old us is a corpse. The worst criminals ever seen stopped sinning the moment they died. The second they gave up their last breath, they stopped sinning. When we give our lives to Jesus, we join him in his death. This is what baptism signifies, so that when we are raised, we're raised to a new life in Christ Jesus. We are a brand new creation. The old us is dead. Now, I want you to think about this question. When you got saved, why did you get saved in the first place? I want to tell you, you didn't get saved because you were such a wonderful person and you just wanted to live for the Lord and you just wanted to see the glory of the Lord going all around the world. You didn't want that. That, That's not why you got saved. You got saved because the old life wasn't doing it for you. And that's why you came to Jesus. We got saved because we didn't like the consequences of our lives. We got saved because we felt something was missing we got saved because we knew there must be more to life than this so if this is why we got saved why would we want to go back to that old sad, dirty way of life why would we want to do that yet (laughs) we do that because we're stupid if we live for him if we live for Jesus you know what we live for we live for life. Now, before we got saved, we had sin in our DNA. We've spoken about this in a wise man once said. But now, now that we've given our to Jesus, we are no longer slaves to sin. You know how you know you're no longer slave to sin? Well, one of the signs is that you're no longer slave to fear. But Romans chapter 6 verse 5 says this, Since we have been united with him in death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our own old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. If you've given your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, if he is your Lord and Savior, You are no longer a slave to sin you are a brand new creation so you might be wondering well what about that addiction that i cannot get over what about the 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 way that i treat some people what about this what about that what needs to happen is your mind being renewed and in romans chapter 12 you actually see there that you need to offer yourself as a living sacrifice and it talks about the fact that your mind needs to be renewed every single morning And your mind needs to be renewed. Your mind needs to be recalibrated around the fact that the mercies of God are new for you every single morning. It's not like you became a Christian and now the blood of Jesus no longer counts. So when you mess it up after you're saved, oh, well, that's it. Now you're going to hell. If you've messed up and you've fallen down, You need to get back up and you need to see your mind renewed. How do you get your mind renewed with the washing of the Word? When you read the Bible, when you spend time with the Lord in the morning, when when you see yourself having an encounter with Jesus, when you ask the Lord in the morning to give you a revelation of the cross, guess what happens? Your mind is renewed. We have been united with Jesus in His death. And Jesus was never a slave to sin. So the awesome news is is that it means just as he was raised to a new life after he was resurrected, so are we. I want to tell you that in terms of overcoming sin, it starts with you realizing what the Lord has done for you on the cross. It starts by you realizing that you have new life in Christ Jesus. When we apply the blood of Jesus, sin loses its power over us. But we do have to keep applying it. Because the enemy is waging war on your mind every single day. He's sending those subtle thoughts in every single day. He's attacking every aspect of you every single day. Now, I want you to think about the times you've been unfaithful. And I want you to think about what Jesus has done with those times that you've been unfaithful. He destroyed all of those unfaithful times with his own blood on the cross. What is the ultimate problem with mankind? In Isaiah 42 verse 1 to 4, we read this. It says, look at my servant who I strengthen. He is my chosen one who pleases me. I have put my spirit on him. He will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. He will bring justice to all who have been wronged. He will not falter or lose heart until justice prevails throughout the earth. Even distant lands beyond the sea will wait for his instruction. How did Jesus come and overcome all of these things? He came and he was the ultimate servant. He was the perfect servant. He brought justice. This is what you have to understand. Part of understanding what the renewed mind means is that Jesus brought justice for every wrong that happened to your life. And how did he bring justice? well, do you know that he was brutally punished for those wrongs that were done to you? Those people that did whatever they did to you, Jesus was smashed for their sin. Now, if those people that have wronged you die without Christ, then the punishment Jesus received doesn't count for them because they never received the gift. But if they receive it, justice has still been done even with that that was done to you he brought justice but you know not only did he bring justice with the sins that have done, been done to you he's brought justice for the sins that have been done by you you see when we have unforgiveness we like to forget about what we did we like to forget about the, time we, the times we've betrayed people. We like to forget about the times we've spoken behind people's backs. We like to forget about the times we've been unfaithful. But you know, everything starts there. And He brought justice. In other words, in terms of all of our sins, justice has been done. And in that time, He did not falter. He did not lose heart. And there was the the confession that justice will prevail throughout the earth. Now, I'll be honest, when I look at Jewish people and I speak to them and they have the Old Testament and they have the prophecies of Isaiah, I wonder, well, how in the world do you justify your scripture without Jesus? Because without Jesus, how is this ever going to be fulfilled or how has it been fulfilled? That justice will prevail throughout the earth. That even distant lands outside of the Jewish nation, even those lands, guess what? They will be crying out for this justice. You know it happened with Jesus? It happened with Jesus. John chapter 3 verse 36 says, And anyone who believes in God's Son has eternal life, and anyone who doesn't obey the Son will never experience eternal life, but remains under God's angry judgment. I want you to think about that. That is quite hectic. Everyone. Everyone. In other words, no one's excluded. Everyone. You want to be inclusive? You want to be politically correct? No problem. Everyone. Everyone includes you. It includes everyone. Everyone who believes in God's Son has eternal life. Has eternal life. Anyone who doesn't obey the Son will never experience eternal life, but remains under God's angry judgment. You know, our relationship with Jesus saves us. This is why He is the most important person in the whole wide world to you. Because your relationship with Him saves you. It even saves you from making a a mess of your life today and in the future. Your relationship with Jesus will save you from many things. The world is under a curse. And where does the curse come from? In Isaiah, again, again, this incredible prophet who thought he was a failure while he was alive. Listen to what he said in Isaiah 14, verse 12 to 14. Oh, how you have fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who are weakened, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my my throne above the the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation, on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be I will be the most high. Listen to what Lucifer said and this is the attitude we see in ourselves. I will I will look at me. Me, ah, ah, ah. Want I been recognized? I want. You know I just want.
1: Ah, 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 ah.
0: Because that's where you end up. When you're just about, ah, you die. And here's the problem. That was Lucifer. And when Adam fell, he fell with Lucifer. He fell with Lucifer. And Lucifer said, I will ascend from above. I will raise up against the one who created everything. And I will ascend above his throne. But you know, Jesus. Jesus was the part of God that came down to earth. Everything was created through him. Every authority was under his feet. His glory was unparalleled. There was nothing or no one like him. And if you if you look at philippians 2 verse 6 to 8 it talks about six steps that jesus took uh, took to come down he came first to come down to our level and then he died the death that was reserved for the worst of us he just came down 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 because you know in the kingdom of god you've got to step down to go up when you step down for god god raises you up and you know, you can go and read Philippians 2, verse eight. You can go and read it later. I'm not going to go through it now. But once you become a believer, that is your aim. You see, when you're struggling with sin, you're struggling with addiction, you're struggling with all of those things, it's the eye that's getting in the way. And although I'm a brand new creation, because of what's going on in my mind, because of what's going on in my soul, I keep falling down, I keep messing it up. You see somewhere along the line I've got to put my pride aside and I've got to lay myself down before the Lord because when I lay myself down before the Lord what Jesus did when he sweat blood in the garden of Eden he reversed the curse he reversed the curse of our unfaithfulness and and what happens to us when people are unfaithful to us the curse of betrayal he reversed the curse of betrayal how did he reverse it he was in such anguish that literally sweat drops of blood literally drops of blood fell to the floor and those drops cancelled the curse of the sweat of Adam's brow you go back into Genesis chapter 3 what did God say to Adam by the sweat of your brow you will work that's a curse you know where you work and you work and you don't get the reward that's a curse now you can be saved you can be a brand new creation but you can continue to live under that curse if you don't have a renewed mind if you haven't received that which the Lord died to give you you can continue to live under that rubbish but you don't have to you see without the blood of Jesus you have no choice you're stuck there but if you have been washed in the blood if you apply the blood the curse is broken but you got to set aside all pride because pride will hinder you from the victory romans 5 20 and 21 why was the law brought the, the law was brought so that the trespass might increase but where sin increased grace increased all the more so that just as sin entered in death so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know know what has to happen? In order for pride to be put one side, what has to happen is that you first have to get to the place (laughs) where all pride is put aside and you realize, I'm such a mess. Lord, I'm such a mess without the cross. Lord, I'm such a mess without you. Lord, all I see around me is distress. All I see around me is trouble. All I see around me is regret. All I see around me is guilt and sickness and, and, and confusion. All I see around me are all of these things. But I see your son Jesus. I see him dying on the cross for me. I see his blood being shed for me. I see that the power of that blood is so immense that every single argument that the enemy has against me every single argument that is against me because of sin is destroyed by the blood of Jesus, it is destroyed to the ultimate degree, it is destroyed to a place that cannot even be described and so I want to say the first thing to you what well, the Lord is calling on any one of you that has given your hearts to Jesus is to lay yourself down to put the will of God first, to live for God first. To focus your number one priority in life on lining yourself up with the will of God. And having that relationship with Jesus, that changes everything. And then allowing God to work in you so that that which you have overflows into your family. And when it overflows into your family, when it comes to your family, the Lord says that when you change, everything in your family will change. And when your family changes, that overflows into the world around you. That's ministry. Now you start becoming a witness as to what Jesus has done in your life and people around you see that you've changed. If you haven't changed and you're a believer, then guess what? The new creation has not been made manifest in your life you need to lay yourself down and then even when you work you become the greatest source of blessing to whoever you're working with whoever you're working for whoever comes into contact with you they come into contact with the presence of God because you're led by the Holy Spirit that's what the Lord declares but it starts with What are you doing with Jesus? And if you don't know that you're right with God, you're sitting there today and you're thinking, you know what? I don't know if I I was to die today, if I'd be okay with the Lord. Then God is telling you today that you need to deal with your salvation. Maybe there's some sin in your life and you're in a place whereby you're thinking, you know, I've given my life to Jesus before, but I've really blown it And the Lord is saying, well, just come and recommit yourself to me. Recommit to go back to doing that which you did at first. Because the blood of my son Jesus is not made powerless by, 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 by your sin. But you've got to trust him. You've got to give your heart to him. Maybe you're sitting there and um, the Lord has been speaking to you. And you're thinking, now, I need to think about this. Now, the Lord has been speaking to you. You you see, you felt something. You, you felt that the sermon was prepared specifically for you. In fact, there might, there may even be one or two people, because this has happened often. It's happened many times in our church. They might be asking, who the hell told the pastor about my life? Now, I, no one told me. This is the Holy Spirit that's speaking to you the Holy Spirit is speaking to you he's speaking to you personally this, this Holy Spirit is coming straight into your heart with a message that is specifically for you it's a supernatural thing it's the power of the word of God God can speak into every single one of our lives I'm just speaking from the word the word is alive and it's powerful and it can change anything and God is saying to you I've worked very hard to get your attention today If you don't make the decision today, you'll never have this opportunity again. Because the enemy has been working overtime to hide the truth from you. You've seen the truth and now you need to make the commitment. Because this is the last opportunity you'll ever have. And if you will give your life, maybe you're sitting there thinking, I don't have a purpose. With everything that's going on in the world, maybe you're thinking, I've lost all my purpose. No, Jesus has an eternal purpose for you. So, if you need to give your life, how does it happen? Romans 10, 8-9, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So what does that mean? If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead. In other words, you believe in your heart that He was crucified for you. You believe in your heart that after He was crucified, He was dead. He was put in the grave. He was there for three days. After three days, the Holy Spirit, you believe, the Holy Spirit raised him up out of the grave. And after a period of time, you believe, he ascended into heaven. And now you believe he's seated at the right hand of the Father where he's your advocate, he's your lawyer. He's defending your case before the Father. If you believe that, you're saved. And if you believe that God raised Him from the dead, you believe all that other stuff. Because all of that hinges around the resurrection. So it's simple. You confess Him as Lord, you believe God raised Him from the dead. That's it. It's all that it takes. Now I want to warn you that today your eternal death is at stake. Right now. Right now. And some of you are struggling saying, no, I don't want to make that decision right now. But this, this whole atmosphere is an altar that God has set before us. And this altar will sanctify everything in your life. It will make everything righteous. It will make you right with God. And don't think you can have a, a more effective prayer time later. You won't. And you need to also understand that if you say yes to God, you need to understand what you're saying yes to. You're saying, yes, Lord, I want you at this time, I want to commit to you right now, I, I, I don't want to wait another day Lord, I've been living without you for long enough, I can't wait until I get home, I can't wait until after lunch or whatever because I don't know if I'll make it I'm desperate for you Lord I want to commit to you now because I want to live eternity with you I want to know that from this day forward when I'm walking through life, you're walking there right beside me you you, you, you right by me I want to know that you're closer to me than a brother because I want to know that when death comes knocking, that it won't affect me because you'll be with me. Even in that moment. And so I'm going to ask you where you are to close your your eyes. And in a second, I'm going to ask those that are here or those that are at one of the other sites that if you need to give your life to Jesus or you need to recommit your life to Jesus then I'm going to ask you in a few moments to raise your hand. But if you're watching online or maybe you're, um, you're listening online, maybe to the audio or to, to the live audio broadcast, if you need to give your heart to Jesus, then what I'm going to ask you to do is to send an email to info at theactivechurch.org. That's info at And just say that I've given my life to Jesus or I've recommitted my life to Jesus and give us your contact detail so that we can contact you. But if you're here or at one of the sites i'm going to ask you right now if you need to give your life to jesus or you need to recommit your life to jesus just raise your hand right now and we're going to pray with you hands are going up i see these hands is there anyone else i just want to say it once more even at there at the sites Raise your hand right now. Jesus wants to touch you. A number of hands have gone up all over the place. I see some more hands have just gone up near the front here. Those of you that have raised your hands Yahweh, at one of the sites, please make sure that you follow the slip in. Please speak to someone before you leave the service because the Lord wants to touch you the Lord wants to bless you the Lord wants to make his face shine on you and we want to help you in the journey and I'm gonna ask you right now just to place your right hand on your heart and as you place your right hand on your heart I'm gonna ask you to visualize Jesus I want you to see him dying on the cross for you it's an incredible moment his blood is being shed for you and that blood being shed is hitting those piles of papers with all the arguments that have been held against you and that have been etched into eternity, but his blood is destroying every argument right now because you believe in him, he died for you, and that death that he died for you becomes real now in this moment. And see this that as he died on the cross over 2,000 years ago. That the Bible says that same Jesus that was hanging on the cross over 2,000 years ago is the same Jesus yesterday, today, and forever. And the work that he did for you on Calvary, it stands now and forever. It is finished. Your sin is done. It is destroyed. It is destroyed so that you might live. Because the blood that he shed was the price that was paid for your sin and for my sin. And this blood will wash all sin away. Just see your debt before God just being destroyed right now. Just being washed away. The debt is gone. And because of that, after this prayer, you'll be able to come into the throne room of God and approach the throne of God and approach God in the name of Jesus and he will hear your prayer. So let's pray together and I'm going to ask you to tell the lord jesus with all your heart the things we're going to say in this prayer i want you to listen to words as you say them, mean them so let's speak to jesus repeat after me: say lord jesus today i recognize that i'm a sinner i repent of everything i've done wrong and i renounce my life of sin i accept your sacrifice and i know that it was the price you paid for my redemption and today lord I ask that the blood of your wounded body wash me of all my rebellion, all my sin. Set me free from any wickedness, from any sickness, and from any pain. I accept that my debt has been paid. There is no outstanding balance because you paid everything for me on the cross of Calvary. I accept that by your blood I'm justified. And you see me as I'd never sinned. And that by your blood, I am sanctified. And you have chosen me to serve you. Lord, I'm willing to serve you. And so today I open the door of my heart. And I invite you to come in as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And giving me eternal life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Oh, yeah.